Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Why are you trying not to laugh over there? Because the minute you said three, Mark starts adjusting and even I could hear it. I know. I was like, even I hear that one. And you know I'm getting mad. I... Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> and you like that? <laughs> Mission accomplished. We're, we've started, by the way. And that I was did, it. And I didn't even do anything. That was it. That was the beginning. I dude, didn't. I started the show and you didn't even know at that time. That's crazy, dude. Why do you slide it in that way? That's skill. That's skill right there. All right. Yeah. If I could have taped this 30 minutes ago, right? Thank yeah. you. That helps. Um, What was it going to say? But me and Mark enjoy pissing Larry off sometimes, too. Yes. So we, we do it on purpose. We did it in the lobby just a second ago. Mark Mark told a joke, and, and Larry rolled his eyes, and it, it was a, not a very tasteful joke. And I told Larry, I was like, you thought that was funny. And he's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's hard because I'm reading Proverbs right now. And, Ooh. yeah. Oh, so Proverbs yeah. tells me I probably shouldn't tell jokes like that nope <laughs> according to solomon see and that that is but it's helping me i understand and and listen i i get it all right i used to be the most foul mouth wait a minute unbelievable wait a minute oh yeah no no i i got you by but, a few years dude but wait a minute you're you're you are now leading the audience to believe that i was foul mouthed no, no 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 what I, that's not my intention what what I'm trying to explain is that I was there. It was pretty off colored, far worse than you've ever imagined. Right? Yeah, okay. you're. I you mean, me your joke hung out is what you're saying. Uh, I would have shocked you. I. Mm, there were sounds I, like a challenge. No, not anymore. <laughs> not but anymore. I mean, there there was things that I would do for uh, reaction. Uh huh. Yeah. Reactionary purposes yeah, and. Me too. Yeah. People would say that's not funny. Right. Your sense of humor isn't the same as right. mine. I'm the, be, pro- the best joke to me was when they didn't get it. Yeah, because I'm a one man show, yeah. and I enjoyed my own show. If you didn't get it, are you uh, would... are you still reading the Bible to Beth? Yes, I am. We still? are. We are. We we stopped. Um, we took a pause in um, Psalms. We're at Psalms like uh, we're over halfway through the Bible. We're at Psalms like ninety seven or 98 and we beth said i want to meet jesus i like the i'm i'm getting good context with all this old testament stuff but i want to see jesus and i said she said i hear if you if you read one chapter a day you'll meet jesus on christmas on luke and no i think you don't but then we got to understand anyway jesus is about to go to the cross he's he's going up in front of Pilate now so I think he will be crucified or raised again on Christmas. Do you, so when you're reading through the Old Testament, you don't have issues with it? Like there's not, you don't oh, have. You mean issues like some of the people we've listened to on the podcast? Yeah. No, because I've, I've read the context. And yeah. see, that, that's what's so unfortunate by so many people I hear talking about, oh, you know, he was, he was for genocide and he was a sadistic God. And he, no, that's not the story. Yeah. If you go back and you actually read the story, it's a sad tale of human failure. Um, and it's a 
a glorious tale of God's patience over and over and over again. What I ended up getting from the Old Testament is a real sense of empathy for God. Well, he's a... Because, man... He's even more patient now than, right? I know. But even back then, he was patient and long-suffering. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. like a child and a father, if you consistently disobey your father, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah. And that's... It's just... It's really a story of a father raise, trying to raise up his child. I wonder how that works, because God's obviously responds to... Cause when you read through the Old Testament, like you, you remember me talking about the spear of Phineas, that story, mm. and that's in um, Numbers, where um, basically these people were having sex with each other, like just out of control, and then it seemed like the sexual sin is what God would come and get you for the quickest, you know? And um, do you know why? No, that's a sin unto yourself, right? So you're literally there's so much. That goes with, yeah, a sexual sin, yeah. That it's you, talked you about a lot. Don't, yeah. yeah, you don't understand the implications that has. But uh, a little soul ties and stuff. So God was about to wipe them that whole, the whole community out essentially, and then Phineas, which had zeal for the Lord, I think I remember what it said. He took a spear and like speared a couple people and stopped them from doing it, and then it mm. stopped God from wiping them out or whatever. Right. But God doesn't do that today. You know, like God doesn't just wipe out a whole community. That's because obviously, dude, I've heard, we heard a story um, from one of our employees' moms that she went to like, um, like Tennessee or something to this concert. And there was like people like having sex in the streets and stuff like that. Like, I would imagine like we're. Oh, NASCAR. Sorry. Yeah. NASCAR. Well, NASCAR's doing that now. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, we got, <laughs> well, just we got all the biker things. It's that's. Just go to yeah. one uh, Mardi Gras if you want yeah. to see sex in the street. As Larry would say, debauchery yes. everywhere, right? Very much so. So oh, yeah, Mardi Gras. And I just look at, like, yeah. what What do you think the difference is now? Like, is it Jesus that caused? Because God's the same, right? God's the same God's the today same and today, everywhere. Yeah, forever. So well, why doesn't he do that now? The second covenant was about grace. Yeah. The second covenant and what Jesus did on the cross. So it was Jesus that changed the way he responds to yes. everyday situations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but let's also be honest. You know, the Bible states very clearly, vengeance is mine and that I will repay. And it also says that he's long-suffering, but but there will come an end That's what to that patience. The scariest Bible verse in the, to me is when I was reading through, I think, yeah, it was Book of Revelations that talks about that final time where God's about to take out the whole world, that there was silence in heaven for like a half an hour or an hour. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, you know, cause there's heaven doesn't seem like it's a silent place. seems like it's probably full of praise worships and just glorious sounds all over the place, you know, but I think there was silence in heaven because everybody knows up there about how scary it's fixing to get the gravity of what's yeah. happening. Yeah. I don't think, and you know, so maybe that's when he just takes it all out on there. But you know, there was a diamond mentioned when uh, Moses had the children of Israel in the wilderness that God was going to wipe them completely out, mm -hmm. and Moses begged him not to. And well, then, God was going to kill there Moses. Was a, then there was another time when Moses was begging God. Kill please, please. I, why Kill did you all. put me here? And, <laughs> that, and that's another thing I got was just so pity for Moses. 
you know, I mean, talk about a stiff neck people, you know, I mean, yeah. if he goes up on the mountain, God speaks from the mountain. The people plead with him to make God quit talking. It's too powerful. They can't stand to hear it. He goes up there. He's up there for a little bit of time and they're all, oh, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just a storm up there. We need our own new God. Who does that? Yeah. Humanity. Didn't take them. Long and at all, literally long at all to turn away, and then didn't they, God almost kill Moses too at one point? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember him almost killing him. I know that he wouldn't let him walk into the promised land. Right. I think God almost killed, but maybe it was someone else. But the people well, wanted to kill him at one at one point because the rules and laws were too strong. I don't remember. Why was God going to kill Moses, Exodus 4, 24 through 26? Why was God going to kill Moses? Exodus 4. God, okay, Exodus 4, verse 24 through 26. God had called Moses from the land of Midian to return to Egypt and lead the Hebrew people out of slavery. After some initial objections, Moses accepted the will of God. See, not everyone accepts the will of God right away, right? Thank uh, you. We're not talking about that today, though. <laughs> For the love nope. of Mary, we're not talking about we're that today. Not. We're not? No. no. No, heck no. Heck no. I'm done with that. Well, I'm not. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I'm probably not done. I just don't want to talk about it today. <laughs> oh, okay. So just wanted to point that out that Moses, after some obje- objections, finally accepted the will of God. Okay. okay. Sounds like someone y'all might know. Right. Okay. He packed up his family and started the journey west. Then something strange and troubling happened. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. Exodus 4, verse 24. Wow, I don't remember that at all. And it said, this disturbing incident in which God was going to kill Moses is not fully explained in the text, but we can piece together an idea of what occurred here are the clues. God was seeking to kill Moses. Zipporah, Moses' wife, took a flint knife and circumcised their son, after the operation, Zipporah touched Moses' feet with the foreskin. Zipporah called her husband and bridegroom of the blood, referring to the circumcision. At that point, the Lord left him alone. Exodus 4.26. Based on the fact that God was going to kill Moses, we assume that Moses had committed some sin against God. The fact that circumcision of Moses' son caused the Lord to relent indicates that Moses' sin was a failure to circumcise his son. Yes. The fact that Zipporah, not not Moses, performed the surgery suggests that Moses wasn't able to do it himself. The same conclusion in support of the fact that Zipporah touched Moses' feet with the proof of circumcision. This would be more natural if Moses were bedridden and if Moses was confined to bed. The method that God was using to kill him was likely an, an illness of some kind. Ah, so far as we can tell, God was threatening to kill Moses because Moses had not circumcised his son. Yes. The question then is, why is that particular sin being judged so harshly? Surely there was other sins that Moses was guilty of, yet God chose to pursue the death penalty over the lack of circumcision. The answer probably goes back to the time of Abraham. Mm -hmm. When God called Abraham and established a covenant with him, he changed his Mm -hmm. name to Abraham and gave him a sign of a covenant circumcision. Moses later wrote the account that God said to Abraham, as far as you must keep my covenant and your descendants after you, the generations to come. You know, I've always thought, I've always thought to myself that like, like I wish, I wish I, even since I was a little kid, I've thought this, that I wish I would have lived back in this time because it would have been easier to serve God. But I don't think so, bro. Like we have Jesus now, thank God, because like all this stuff like that. Well, the, the law was made to eventually to bring man to the, to his knees, to understand that nothing 
I mean, can you imagine having to sacrifice for unintentional sins, having to sacrifice something just as a goodwill offering, having to sacrifice something because you sin or lied or cheated or, I mean, something had to die. And that was God pointing out to his children, there is a result for sin. It's death. I've said it. I can't unsay it. It's the way it's going to be. But it was all in preparation for the gift of Jesus Christ. What what would we care if Jesus had come without the law? If the law had not established what sin was, the penalty for sin, and how unworthy and hopeless our condition was without Christ, what would we care? Yeah. None of us would. If you want followers, if you want to set up your own king, a kingdom, and you want followers, and you've given them free will, um, you want them to appreciate. I mean, if you're going to go to war with a general who is willing to sacrifice himself, you know, you talk about men in the army all the time, the guys that get in the dirt with Mm, them. Yes, very much. And how what amazing leaders they are. Well, God did that like times a billion. Yeah. He sacrificed himself for us to pay the ultimate price. Yeah. To pay for our sins. I mean, I, I get a, just a huge sense of appreciation for that. Um, man, you know. Leadership doesn't look that way anymore, does it? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'd, it doesn't really look that way anymore. Well, I typically I grasp what you're saying. But I believe that the word in itself sometimes is a little confusing. What do you mean? What are you defining as leadership? Because no, in the I military, mean, no, I, I'm as a, here's, I was here's, agreeing with here's Mark. Here's why I'm touching base with this. In leadership, I was taught in the military that leadership was my sergeant. The, the next guy up from me that had control over me, okay, that, that could tell me what to do, that was my leadership. So now the definition of that word is somewhat changed in the civilian world versus yeah. what it was in the military world. The ultimate leadership in the military is not the general. It's the president of the United States. president of the United States. But back then, that's why I said leadership doesn't look like that, because you're right. God really did send himself down here to literally experience life. And even at one point it said that Jesus veiled, it, veiled himself from himself, that he was God-like. So... What that tells me is I, I got I got to walk on eggshells when I'm talking about this, but here's how I understand it is that that Jesus experienced full what it was like to be fully human. All could the way. he could he have um, got himself off the cross at yes. any moment? Yeah. Could he have stopped and changed his mind? Sure. Yes. But um, he experienced exactly what you and I feel because he he veiled it from himself. Like he, he had to. He I stopped himself. I from, think that happened. I'm reading Luke right now. I think that happened at the supper. At, with his disciples the last supper yeah um because he said before i sent you out um i told you to wear no sandals to take no bag with you did you lack for anything and they said no and he said now i tell you pack a bag take money sell your sell your tunic and buy a sword so i think at that moment he turned his back on his godhead and he became man because right after that supper the next that evening, I believe, or the next day, he went to the Mount of Olives and started praying, and that was the immediate prayer of God, if there is some way, take let this cup pass from me. He was feeling his complete yeah. and full humanity, and, the, and it said that he prayed so hard that his sweat 
became blood. Yeah. So he was suffering with complete humanity, that's when he was, fear, yeah. all the things yeah, that we experienced. That's when he was I, going I agree through. to a point. I, I, I don't agree. I mean, I think that maybe at that particular point, let's, let's use me for a moment. Um, as a child, he had no glasses. As an adult, he had glasses, therefore he could see, mm-hmm. okay? And then at that particular time, I believe he might have put on the sunglasses so that he was blinded a little bit more than what he was so that he wouldn't. Because you got to stop and think about it. If the child in itself knew that it was, that it was God, mm-hmm. that Jesus, you know, as a, a five-year-old, six-year-old, I want that, get it, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, how would he respond to thing. that, yeah. I, so I think he was completely veiled from his, his knowledge. Mary knew. Mm. Oh, I see what you're but saying. But I don't no, think but wasn't Jesus he young? knew. Wasn't he young when he was, like, teaching those we uh, have rabbis? No, we have no teachings of any. We uh, have nothing. no understanding until, until he, he ran 12. away. Yeah, until he ran away at 12. But 12 is still Well, he didn't yeah, run away. Yeah. He just... Didn't. Ran away from his parents? No, 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 no. He didn't run away. He was in the temple, he just and he was teaching them. And then when they packed up, you got to stop and think. It wasn't like, is everybody in a car? There was a caravan. <laughs> home alone. So, I mean, like, Pastor Kevin actually. Pastor it was Kevin the first I'm, true home alone. Maybe that's where they got the home alone story. <laughs> Could be. Because pa- that's exactly what happened. Pastor, Jesus was jumping on the bed in the church. Right. <laughs> Pastor Kevin gives a story where one time they left the uh one of the ski trips or something i think it was youth ski trip and his son had fallen asleep on the pew at the church and they all you know they were martha and him both were in different cars or in different vans so he's thinking carter's back here and they're thinking carter's up there and you know so they left carter asleep on the pew and made it down, I think, I don't know, 50 miles or so. And then oh, turned wow. around and went back, you know, when they finally realized. 50 miles? Yeah, it you? was like an hour or so away. Yeah. I, I have to say, I like your point because next in that verse, it does talk about how angels were sent to minister him, to him. And we know that he was talking to Moses and Elisha, too. Yes. So. so Transfiguration, yeah. yeah. So he had to know he was God. But, but man, you know, just the, the idea of him saying, that really hits me right in the feels. Is him saying, look, if there's any other way we can get this done, I know what's ahead of me. I don't really want to do this. I'm doing it for you, God. The humanity of me says, yeah, run away. You know, please ask for it to be over. He accepted it. He did it. But he also asked if there's any other way to get this done. Could we do that? And and he knew there wasn't. Well, do but you- the beauty of that and him still going through it, the, our creator, that's pretty cool we can say that we would do that for our family that we would give our life for our family but we have no no concept of what it actually would be when it came down to it right especially that traumatic of a death dude and and everybody knew it like he knew that wasn't an easy that's not an easy death yeah i mean that take he was put on the cross at nine o'clock in the morning and he wasn't taken off until three o'clock in the afternoon that's Six hours, basically. Yeah. I mean, well, I know I, I can understand math. It's six hours, but I mean, I'm using the time frame that we call their first watch and all that stuff. I know that it correlated with the slaughter of a lamb in the beginning at the temple, the beginning of the day, and then at the big, then at the end of the evening. Mm-hmm. 
was the time that he was put on and the time that he was taken down. All of those little bitty things that we as Americans have no clue what it means. Yeah. All of those little things meant everything. That had to be God. Everything. Because my goodness, the Sanhedrin was the one that wanted to put him to death. You'd think that they'd pick the unholiest day. Yep. To what, do that, and they, they couldn't help yeah, it. Had to get Com- it done before Passover. You know, yeah. there's a there's a part in. I in, mean, uh, for the Sabbath, and then there was something else because they did the Passover dinner before. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a part in the book of Matthew that kind of shook me up. That seemed like seemed like it wasn't like, I don't know. It just it just seemed weird to me. But there's a part where I think it was either I think it was right when Jesus died, right? So where it said like the ground shook and then like dead bodies came up from the grave and walked on the earth for a little while. Yeah. You remember that? I want to see. I don't No, I don't remember him walking on the earth. No, I don't either. I remember it. Jesus went back to all those who I'm, had died before and gave yeah. them the opportunity of grace through his blood. And we don't, that's right. a mystery of God. We don't know how that happened. Yeah. But the biggest thing was the tearing of the, the veil. veil. Yeah. To me, that was the most significant because that's what sets us up to be able to go to God directly instead of having through Jesus. Uh, well, we, yeah, we go through Jesus, but we, he's the priest. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have a man-made priest anymore or any of that since that particular time. I mean, you got to go back and look again at, at Jewish culture and how the temple was set up. And the only person that could go into the holies of holy was the priest of priest. Read this. You know, that's why I, I totally, Where are we at? if anybody's listening that, that has, has cherry picked and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it has, has looked at their community and their community saying, well, take these three verses. I mean, what kind of God is this? I highly encourage you to contextualize what you're reading and to go back and to get some background and to understand God's thinking. We, you know, that's the reason that the Bible is a full book and it, we, we, there's just not verses popped out there. You know, I mean, some people do that, you know, we see it on the good side and on the side that doesn't believe taking little verses and attaching a whole lot of meaning to them. That is frankly not correct. It's not contextual. It doesn't, it it doesn't, it's not biblical. It's you're, you're taking a little bit of meaning, attaching a lot of feelings to that and, 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 and opinions and conclusions, well, you got to go back. You got to go back and read the story coming up to it to that point to you, understand. You mean like the verse that we were talking about before on the judge not least you be judged, and right. that's where everybody stops, right? You know, hey, don't judge me, right, right, right. Okay, and then what's the rest of it? Um, because you'll be measured with the same measuring stick you use. Yeah, you'll be judged as critically as you judge. you are judging others Yikes. when you stand there before God. Right. That's the measuring stick that he's going to use. Yeah. Is how, what do you think about your brother? Right. What do you, what do you say about the pastor? Right. Um, what do you say about your sister? Right. Okay. Matthew 27, 52. 27, 52. Yeah. I am in I probably, Matthew 27. Every time I have a verse that kind of shakes me up, I should probably talk about it on here. That way, should. the way we get, because now I'm reading that way this. Pastor Gary like, can pray it, for you. Right, Pastor Gary's been praying for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, you want me to read it? Good man. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two. It. Um, it says several. Okay, it says the tombs. Um, okay, you have NIV, right? I have NLT. Um, okay, NLT says no. 
NLT says, and, to- and tombs open, the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. So that's when Jesus died. It said in, in the book of Matthew 27, 52, when he died, that the earth shook and the tombs of many saints um, had opened. And then they, they said the bodies of them were seen walking around in Jerusalem. And when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. what? It just seemed like completely out. Like- it really does say that. Because <laughs> yeah, 53 yeah. says they left the cemetery after Jesus's resurrection went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Yeah. I read that in Matthew and I had to step back because it started to give me some doubts, obviously, because I went from reading the Bible and the story of Jesus to reading like a goosebumps book written by R.L. Stein. Right. You know what I mean? And I had to stop and I stopped reading it pet, and I, and I just cemetery. started praying. I was like, I got to get out. Right. I was pet like, cemetery. I got to get out of here for a little while. Cause that caused me to like, now I feel like I'm reading a Stephen King book, you know, right. but let's, let's read some, let's read somebody's, um, what do you call it? Commentary. Uh, commentary on it. Okay. It says several dramatic events took place in the moments following Jesus death. Matthew 27, 50, the temple's massive thick curtain was ripped in half from the top down. Clearly an act of God. There was an earthquake and rocks were split. Here, Matthew begins to add detail about disrupted tombs and the bodies of the saints who had died. Verses 52 and 53 are only vaguely understood and much debated among Bible scholars. Only Matthew adds this detail to his gospel. In direct language, this verse indicates the earthquake caused by Jesus' death breaks open some of the graves holding bodies of saints. In this context, that would mean God honoring people from Israel we aren't given further details on who these people were. They may have been prophets, heroes, or simply people notable for their goodness. Reading this Bible verse with the next one, is it, it is clarified that the tombs are opened at the time of Jesus' death. More remarkably, according to verse 53, these uncovered bodies were seen alive in the city of Ju- Jerusalem after Jesus rose from the dead. A relatively minor point of debate here is whether the saints were raised immediately upon Jesus' death, only going into the city after his resurrection, or whether they were uncovered but did not live again until later. These two verses are the subject of much great controversy over the exact meaning and literalness of their content. Arguments have been offered that these verses are insertions into the original text. Others suggest this is purely symbolic reference. Some say that they are not even symbolic. And the statements is made purely in a poetic sense by Matthew. The most reasonable interpretation, challenging though it may be, is to read these as a straightforward and literal part of the narrative. It just sometimes the Bible goes off on these little they, they like punch these little paragraphs in there, punch it in there, and you go, "Good grief!" That what? a whole novel could be written. Of. <laughs> okay, some dead saints. Rose from the dead Rose and were the, seen in Jerusalem. Then what happened? Nah, like, come on, did, bro. Did they did they walk and apostolize Jesus, or did they just appear and then God took them up to heaven? What 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 happened? It's not written. Yeah, it's not written. It's not written. It's there for you to worry and speculate, right? And form your own religion about, and then isolate and uh, cut other people off and tell them they're not going to heaven unless they believe in the literal, you understand what I'm saying? You know, we have these do not argue over disputable matters. There's kind of yeah. the answer. That we're well, just, you'll uh, never have the, it sounds like you'll never have the answer no, to won't. this. You won't. I think that's you why know. it takes faith to please God. Right. Is I don't have to know the rest of this to, to believe it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, that's what the Bible says. 
And I think that's what has happened in society so much now is that we no longer have an absolute to believe in. I mean, we do as far as Christians because we understand what the Bible actually is, which is the undisputable word of God. It is set here for correction. It is set here for discipline and, you know, all of it. We are to learn from it. We are, this is, I say it over and over, John 1, 1. The word is God. God left this word. It says in in uh, 14, it says in 14 that the word was made flesh. That meant that this is Jesus. The word is Jesus. The word was in the beginning with God. The, the word is God, and the word was made flesh and walked among us. There's only one that walked among us. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. And, and look how confusing it has become because um, right there is all truth, in my opinion, in my belief, my faith. It's all truth, and it, it makes sense to me. If you remove the Bible from our society, you, we're rudderless. We're not male or female. This, yes. I mean, let's just take that for example. We're taking children away from parents because they won't agree that the brainwashed child, that there's no absolute, well, that you're not a male, mm-hmm. that you can be whatever you want to be. And we're yet giving DNA them, says what you are. We're giving them hormone blockers. Eventually, we're doing irreversible surgery on them that ruin their capacity to enjoy sex as an adult that completely screw them up. And we think that this is civilized. We're going backwards. Now I, I see one, um, there, there's, there's no, a, there's a clip on Facebook where the girl goes in and tries to get a tattoo and the guy says, you're not 18. Right. You, you can't get one. Well, how about that bottle? You know, how about cigarettes? How about the vape? How about, and I no. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, I guess okay. How about, how, how about, and she says exactly that. Okay. How about a gender change? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. Just sign right here. Yeah. I'll, we'll drive you across state lines, get, give yeah. you an abortion. Yeah. You know, there, there's no, there's sorry. Yeah. We're I going, don't know how we got here. I, do, I know crazy. how we got here. I got ab- my look, here's how we got <laughs> here. Let's go to mid fifties okay, no, Christian here, corner here. No, here. Here's how we got there. We have to have an absolute. I do. And, I, this I, is I the absolute. Yeah. This I, is the truth. Is this a, absolute? I'm going to say something and tell me I because I'm trying to find it here and I can't find it. But either either this is just a saying or a Bible verse. But I could have swore it was a Bible verse. But there's um, a part of the Bible, or I, I don't know. But it's there's a saying that says the whole Bible is for you, but the whole Bible is written for you, but not written to you. Is that a Bible verse or is that a saying? I've never know. heard that. I've heard that a bunch. And I can't remember from if that's who? a Bible verse. I don't know now. I don't know. I don't know. Well, ask Siri. Siri will tell you. Hey, Siri. Oh, you can't do it that way. Oh, you actually got it up. Oh, you're good. Oh, I got it up in Larry's voice. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, Siri, um, is there a Bible verse of the whole Bible is written for you but not to you? Okay. I found this on the web for I got it Larry's voice. Hey Siri, is there a Bible verse of the whole Bible is written for you but not to you? Check it out. 
It says Blake Shelton Bible verses. <laughs> oh, did you hear? Isn't isn't is? <laughs> I got. I finally. I for those that isn't the beast a, a cuddly little neat thing. You know, we're we're asking Satan's hand device about Bible verses. <laughs> okay. Sorry, going off well, our rails again. I, no, hey, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you, you guys with Alex Jones. Right. If you use it, hey, man, if you, I'm ready. If you use <laughs> a gun, the frogs game. If you use a gun for bad, it's evil. If you use a gun for good, it's good. Right. 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 If I use computer, I use uh, internet. It's I use all of tool. these tools right, of Satan tool. to glorify God. Right. I don't do the wrong things on that. You know, what, what is amazing is I've just noticed that my, what the things that pop up for me and my wife actually clued me into this. Her Instagram is just nothing but beautiful homemaking, uh, uh, homesteading and religious. I mean, that's all she gets. Yeah. Yeah. My Facebook, uh, um, I'm astounded at some of the things that come across my feed. So I just started liking all of these r- religious groups and Bible groups mm-hmm. and suddenly you know, the algorithm's working and I don't have to see any of that. Yeah. Every once in a while, one will come across and I'm like, X report. Right. You know, um, hide and report or whatever. Right. And I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I don't want that crap on there. It's just a saying. Yeah. It's not a Bible verse. Well, but, yeah. but I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's true. It's true. The Bible is technically not written to anyone in this room but it's written for us, you know, like it's written, like Paul written, wrote to many different churches and they, you know, they wrote to How many someone else. I don't know, but seven, seven, but it's made for us. Topher, I got it. Seven. You can ask me that question. I'll give you the names of them. But I think that's good when we're reading those Bible verses like that, where it's kind of stuff gets a little wild in there, you know, that, that man, that wasn't written to you. And if you don't understand it, then that's why, I think trusting God is always the most important, even above the Bible, having a relationship with God, trusting God is more important than any of that. Because when I start to doubt, I just trust there's a reason why I don't understand what's being written. You know, like if God wanted you to understand something, you'd understand it. You know, he gives you wisdom when you ask. So, um, okay, we got to get to our guest. We're at 35. We didn't get to what I wanted to. What were you going to get to? Love. Well, whose fault is that? Did you tell me that before show that we were going to no, do no between you and Mark? Well, no, that's dumb. But I, I, I <laughs> that's about the dumbest yeah, thing I've heard. No, you had not. some, you had something to talk about. See, you didn't tell I, the guy that leaves the Mark, show. I didn't even get in it, and he already started. <laughs> right. I told you, I told you, he's afraid of love, man. I'm telling you, I am. Yeah. Okay, definitely. let me hear it. We got five minutes. Go. I want to explain the difference of loves. That's okay. why, you know, a lot of people have come up and actually spoke with me about loving my wife or, lo- you know, loving God more than my wife, my wife loving God more than she loves me. That's biblical. Yeah. We don't understand that, but it's biblical. And you bared your soul and said, I don't love God more than I love my wife. Right. Do you understand that there is a difference in the types of love that you have and one can be stronger than the other until you exercise it just like faith until you exercise it and make it strong i i have 
I looked it up because most of this is in in uh, um, Greek, and so I had to look up things. There's eros. It was romantic love. It's like flesh, you know, flesh of the love. It's not a spiritual type love, but it's flesh. It's like the when I say I fell in love with my wife when I first saw her, that was it. I was romantic with her. I showed her my love by gifts and stuff like that, okay? Um, philia is, and I may be saying these wrong. I'm not Greek. Deal with it. Friendship. Like, I have philia love for you. It's a brotherly love. It's why Philadelphia is called the city of uh, brotherly love is philia, okay? That's uh, platonic. You can You can have that. For someone of the opposite sex, where you're friends, I have filial love for Angela. I'm I'm not attracted to Angela, so I don't. There's not going to be an eros, right? All right, okay. But you have storage, and I had to look this up. It was hard. S t o r g e. Okay, that is love and affection, like a parent, like a child. So, for my daughter, I have storage. Okay, not storage. These are all storage. like old Bible, uh, Bible Greek words from like. These back are Greek the words. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, then you have ludus, which is unbelievably Latin, and I don't know why they included it with all the other Greek words, but the Bible was written in Latin. It was written in Greek, and it was written in Hebrew, by the way. Uh, flirtatious, casual, fleeting, non-committal. In other words, it's that. It's that. Uh, we got it. Yeah, okay. It's what you why you flirt with people. All right. Uh pragma, which is practical. It's a duty, it's an obligation, it's a logic. It's those ones where, you know, I love my church. I love my church. Okay? But I'm not in love with my church. Like you you love it cuz you have to? No. It's because I the it's practical. It's it's the it feels that need in me. It's that obligation type. That's the one I have forgotten. Okay. That one right there. Mania. <laughs> Mania was actually a, a word about love. It's obsessive. It's madness. It's what goes beyond. It's what that stalker has. It's that stupidity part of <laughs> mania. Okay? Um, Felicia? Or Philly? No, shut up. <laughs> I don't even know how to say the word. Can we skip Felicia? No, it's P H I L I A U T I A. Okay, we got to skip Felicia, Larry. Huh? (laughs) You better tread carefully here, bro. All right, self love. Oh God, self worth. I'm not talking about self Felicia. Confidence. The no, I mean that you do uh, have to love self esteem. Your self esteem comes from. It. I don't have that one, but at all for sure. But if you let it grow too much, it becomes narcissism. Right? Yeah. yeah, there you go. So you think it's important to love yourself a little bit? A little bit. You have to have pride, uh, not pride, but you have to have um, respect for yourself. I don't. Yeah. I. But yes, you do. Do you no. smoke? Uh, you know, I. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not the answer I wanted. No, hold on, like. I think I don't smoke though. Like if if I had the choice to smoke, I'd do it. I don't do it because like God makes me miserable if I do it. Like drinking and all that stuff, I keep doing it if it wasn't for God. Like I don't drink but, and smoke because because of my oh, 
All of us, listen to me, all of us have been faced with the same thing that you got going on right there, and some of us don't listen. Yeah. So we turn down the road of alcoholism, and we try to find love in that. That's non, I'm going to tell you, you can't be an alcoholic and have self-respect. Yeah. can't. Because no. you're not respecting your body, you're not respecting your temple, you're not, you're not respecting what that alcohol or smoking or drugs or any of that is doing to your body. Mm-hmm. So you can think you're being free, but you're not. You're. I you're think actually that's one I got to work on is self love. I don't. I like. I think I'm the worst guy in the world sometimes. It's you can't. You had to be careful with it, because you can't turn it into narcissism. Narcissism is when you love yourself so much that you actually place yourself above God and you become blasphemous in just your love That's of yourself. That's why I, that I'm such okay. a black and white white person like I felt like if I decided to my love myself I'd have to be like way up here or or either just hate myself and be that I'd, I'm like safe than sorry type of guy. Uh, like, I want to I want to lay a bit of truth on you, a little truth bomb. Uh-huh. You were talking about how you don't love yourself. Yeah. Did you know that's the flip side? Of selfish and self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Selfish and self-centeredness is arrogance. The flip side is insecurity. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's it's the same coin. So it's the same. It's kind of selfish in its own right. Very much so. Yeah. It actually turns into that was a really hard which, truth <laughs> that I had to face about myself at one point in my life. That and makes a like, lot of sense. All the poor me's, all the constant tearing myself apart and. In my head, condemnation, shame. That's um, me, yeah. 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 Um, one thing that was pointed out to me is, well, you're just selfish and self-centered. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's just the reverse flip coin of it. Anyway, sorry. That, that's so cool to be... I, I, I was working... The gutter guys came when we were... Um, we were fixing up that roof yesterday, and there's this, like, older, older, like, Indian fella that came there. And he was, um, he was just in the, he was just such like a positive and upbeating guy. Like, and I was like, man, I'm like, you can either be like me and just be negative and unhappy and crappy and stressed out and stuff like that all the time. Or you could like be that guy. He's the opposite of me. And what was cool about him is like, I sat there and watched him and he got in this thorn bush, right? And he goes, oh, yeah. When he gets in the thorn, he goes, oh, yeah, buddy. This is life. This is how it is. Woo. And he's like, he's sitting there, and then he just drills in the gutters. He just goes in the gutter, gutters, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's just, I go, that's just, that's just probably how your day is going, right, buddy? He goes, no, I love this stuff, buddy. This is just, this is life, bud. Woo. And I was like, wow, dude. I I'd want have, him in church. I'd have been cussing and like saying, I don't want to be alive anymore. Like, I would have been going crazy. And this guy's just like, he's in a thorn bush. And just so stoked to be there. Paul so tells stoked you. to be happy in the thorn bush. Yeah. Paul I, tells you me. that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and we that's a literal example of how we should be. Yeah. And I I can come into this church on a Sunday morning and be a headache, uh, worn down, didn't sleep very well, just showered, so at least I'm clean, you know, I'm shaving, so that's all good. But I'm just not here. I'm just not here. And the minute I walk in and I start greeting people, man, the Lord just wells up in me. My strength is in the Lord, not myself. Yeah. And when you look outside your physical issues, then you can survive when, um, like 
some of these POWs did, where all they did was focus on God through that whole time. How many times did Paul praise the Lord while he was in yeah. chains? And yep. and their prisons back then ain't like now. Yeah. Okay. They didn't care about your uh, humanistic rights. <laughs> your feelings. They didn't, they didn't care where you came from. <laughs> yeah. They were cruel. They say they were like and, in sewers and stuff, like in the yeah. bottom of the sewers. Yeah, they got yeah. TVs in your prison now. Yeah. So. yeah. They're, tablets they're, they're not you got yeah. ipads <laughs> they're, they're better better well i'm not gonna go there because that's not finish off your point. thing okay you're at 10 minutes here's the one that we need here's well you keep interrupting here's the one that we truthfully need uh-huh agape yeah. that's agape, the god love right? agape is unconditional christ gave his life for us he hung on the cross because he has unconditional love unconditional we we can't even phantom unconditional love it's fathom i get what you're okay saying. whatever sacrificial he willingly gave his life for us now that's the love that you know we can have agape love you have agape love for jonah you know you want to make sure that your son is taken care of that that isn't uh it's not a requirement of your station as his dad there's plenty of dads out there that can't love their kids there's plenty of moms out there that don't love their kids but the agape love is that love that without a doubt god gave me agape love for my wife that through the system or through the situations that we went through he gave me that so that i could tolerate and endure okay yeah now, now let me let me tell you what the bible says that love is okay it's found in first corinthians 13 in first corinthians 13 and i'm just going to short it down y'all can read the chapter because it's actually a chapter on the love i'm going to start in verse four love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I'm going to jump down here to the last part of eight, but love will last forever. Let love be your highest goal. That's 14.1. Okay. Now I'm going to jump over here in John, 1 John 4. Okay. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. The essence of God is love. God is love. So every time that you show love for your brother, every time you show love for your sister, your daughter, your son, you're showing an element of proof that God is in you. And that's why you're able to love. 
and I'm not talking about the mankind of love, the 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 definition of love in the dictionary is a strong feeling of personal attachment or deep affection. It's a lot more than that. It's tender, passionate, self-giving, fond, affectionate, and sex. Okay? That's not love. Okay? Because love comes with respect. Love comes with you're willing to put that person's needs over yours. When you have God in you, you have love for people that you could not tolerate before. There's proof of it. First John tells you about it. First John 4, read it. It tells you what love is. I feel that we can break it down in two elements, fleshly and worldly. Okay? I mean, if you, the man's definition of love is fleshly and it's worldly. But if we take the spiritual part of love, then we're talking about God. Yeah. But it's because of our definition that that, which I call lust, because that's lust, is the way man sees love. But when we see love through the eyes of God who is love, then we can love God more than we love our life, wife. Because without the love of God in you, you cannot love your wife perfectly. Yeah. That's what we need to focus on. Because he gives you the ability. So, therefore, you do love God more than you love your wife. You just don't voice it. Yeah. As much, you know. And I know, guys. I know. I voice it a lot. But I have such love for God because of a closeness that I have with him. Because that's what I've chased after. Because I've sought him and I've watched him work in my life and I trust him when I can't see it. We talked about my daughter last week. I I trust God's got me on this. Do I pray? Yes. I'm told to pray. And I'm told to pray continuously because it builds endurance for those times when it's difficult to see his hand at work, such as this. It's difficult from this side, but I can still trust my God. Yeah. My dad did that for 35 years. My mom did that for 30 some odd years. Praying that I would come back and find this truth in God. That I would no longer be chasing the worldly idea of of love. Mm -hmm. So I I wanted to touch base with you on that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I love you. I, when I say I love you, I love you. I love you Conditionally. I mean it. You think I'm hard? You, what would you say before? You think I'm hard to lovers, or yeah, you, you think I don't like love or something? What'd you say? I don't know. Um, you said something like, "See, he doesn't like love or something." Oh. oh no, you don't like talking. Love makes you talking about love makes you nervous. You get all. <laughs> Zach's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it does, hundred percent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can ask her. I'm not like the most like just romantic and be like, I just want to. I just want to scream it from the mountaintops how much I love you. I'm not yeah. that way. No, yeah. really. And and have you ever, because I have, about Darcia, I have stood on Mount Scott and screamed it. And it made me feel good. But you know what makes me feel better is screaming hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Screaming hallelujah takes the air that he has put in my lungs and said, praise be to God. Did you know hallelujah, hallelujah is I the only? I just literally said, praise be to God. Hallelujah is the only word that's 
translatable in every single language? No, it's I didn't pronounced know that. the same in every single language. How come it's spelled with an H sometimes and an A at, at times? Because it's in a different um, language. Yep. Mm. Okay, let's get to our guest. I'm sorry. We burned almost an hour. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, so we're going to get to Raven. Raven is a pagan witch. I think Norse pagan is what she is. Um, And we're going to get to her um, now, so we'll have plenty of time to speak to her. Um, Let's get to her, Raven. Hello. Raven. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not bad at all. I think we're probably pretty late, so I'm sorry for that. No, that's okay. Actually, I'm glad you called when you did. We were just going to go eat. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is fine. It's this uh, fun. it's Larry's uh, Larry's fault. Completely my fault. It's Larry's okay, fault. Okay, okay. Well, we'll blame him then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Have you watched any of the shows before? So I haven't. Now, I did um, scroll through your TikTok. Okay. Um, just to get an idea of, like, your beliefs and, you know, the kind of content that you posted, but that's about it. Gotcha. And I've talked to Coco. I've talked to Coco a good bit about this. Okay, good. Or Kyle. Um, so uh, let me explain uh, a little bit about the show and, and how it goes. Okay. Um, okay. We're, we, we are the help my unbelief podcast. Um, we are a Christian podcast, but we are designed for people that don't believe in God. This show is literally what the hopes is that, um, people that don't believe the same thing as us will feel comfortable listening to the show. We've designed it more for them than Christians. Um, okay. Got you. Cause and, I did ask him, um, after, you know, going through the TikTok page, I was like, so is he Christian? He was like, he is, but <laughs> calm down Yeah, <laughs> because I'm used to being attacked for having different beliefs. Yeah. And you know, it just, it made me a little nervous. I won't even lie. Every um, single person I talk to that come on the show is is uh, sketchy about me at first, and so and that makes me feel even more um, disappointed in where Christianity is at because I do have to break down these walls every single time to get right. a person to come on the show. Every time people are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like this guy, you're a well, Christian. You, you want know, me to come on your show? No thanks. I, I'm not going to go get beat up for an hour. No. <laughs> well, and it's like you know, I told Coco, you know, I have a handful of two, or two of Christians in my life right now that love and accept me for who and what I am. And I wouldn't trade that handful or two for nothing in this world. So I'm not, you know, I, I, I try to respect everyone, everyone's beliefs because I know that we're not all the same. And I know that we're not all going to believe the same thing. Right. Um, it's just the constant attacking. Um, yeah. They do it to so each yeah. other now too. So don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely do. <laughs> So, um, so what we do here, we don't debate. Um, if anybody ever Uh starts to debate, usually gets shut down pretty quick, but we're all pretty good about not debating at all now. Um, so, um, what we'll do is we're just going to talk to you and here we, we get your story. And then at the end of the show, we do something called the rounds and is where we go around the room and, um, everybody gets to say like their final, their final saying in part. And since you're, uh, since you're our guest, you get the final word. So, oh, cool. um, but let me go around the room and I'm going to introduce everybody. So you don't, um, so you don't get sidelined by anybody's voice. Um, I got my executive producer, Mark in studio. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? My lovely wife, Quite Angela's well. here. Hello. Hi. And then my wonderful co-host, Larry. How are you doing today? Raven. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. And then me, I'm Zach. I'm the young one. I'm the young. Uh, yeah. I'm the I'm young the and vibrant one. <laughs> Glowing skin. Um, what else? I, I'm the polite one. He's the rude one. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm the one that that talks with love yeah. and about love, and he's Agape. the one that he's the one that polishes over it. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the I'm the Makes he's the up. agape love one type of guy. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I'm like I'm kind of in the middle of that. I, I'm I am definitely love and light, but I'm also a little bit of um uh, I, I can, you know, I can be on the latter side of that. too. <laughs> yeah. So you, um, you, you explained in text messages a little bit, you're, you are Norse pagan or pagan, witch. what, what, so, what are you? So I was, um, I was raised by my father's family and they were, my, my grandparents were Celtic. Um, and I, I've adopted more Norse, um, in the, I want to say the last few years, um, you know, it just falls more in line with what I believe. Um, definitely, um, I, I, you know, just I guess my morals, my just it, it lines up more than the Celtic did for me. We had a Celtic on and I think it was very early. Jim and I, she was on like week nine, I think it was um, right. a Celtic pagan on. Um, I can't remember. It was way early on, though. She had a cr- crazy story. So you were raised in witchcraft then? So <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to start. When I was three months old, my mother um, had me baptized um, Episcopalian. What's that? Um, what is that? So uh, the Episcopal Church, I guess, is um, from what I'm understanding, and I could be totally wrong, it is... Um, it's a part of Catholicism or um, a church within that. Uh, and I, you know, I was with her till I was 10. Um, and then I, you know, I went to be with my father and his family. And ever since then, so I knew I was different even before I went to be with my father and his family. Um, things I saw, things I heard. Um, I just, I knew I was different. Um, and then, you know, when I, I went to live with my grandparents, my father, um, certain things that they, 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 they talked about certain things that I'm remembering, um, around the home, like they didn't shove it down my throat. Um, but looking back now, yes, very much so. Um, so you you were raised in witchcraft. They just didn't like, they just didn't like slam in your face. Exactly. And, you know, the things that I'm remembering that my grandmother had, uh, she was definitely practicing. And, you know, my it sparked my attention, I guess, I was 14 or 15 when I started, you know, my research. Um, and then I went down a pretty bad path. And I just kind of left it all behind until about 10 years ago. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, like, what do you mean bad path? Like you drugs, alcohol, partying, like stuff like that? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, abusive relationships. I started having children very young, um, and like little stair step children. Um, you know, and it, it didn't, I didn't come back into it until I was in recovery. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess what I would call spiritual gifts started coming back the longer I was in recovery because I thought I just lost them. I thought, uh, you know, I just, I thought they went away. <laughs> By spiritual and gifts, like communicating with spirits or like seeing uh, them or what, what see, spiritual gifts so do you have? So for me, when it came back, it, it was seeing um, and then gradually hearing again. Um, 
And I've, you know, I've been doing, I've been able to do that as far back as I can remember. I got bullied in school when I was eight because I thought everyone was like me. I thought, <laughs> I thought everyone could see and hear. Um, and that wasn't the case. I went to school, elementary school. I told a close friend who told several other people and I ended up being bullied for it. Um, wow. completely shut down. Yeah. Completely shut down. Didn't speak of it again. Didn't even, you know, I don't, I don't even think I told my parents. It wasn't until I was 12 or 13 when my grandmother came to me and was like, I had just had an uncle who had passed maybe a year prior. And she told me he had visited her the night before. Ooh. And that was when I knew that I wasn't weird. <laughs> I wasn't crazy. I wasn't, um, you know, that there was other people like me. Hey, um, hey, Raven, this is Mark. I had a question. Describe what you mean by seeing and hearing. So it's, it's different. Um, I have been able faces. Um, I have seen imprints of somebody sitting down um, in a chair on a bed even um and then to hear the voice with it like if i if i don't actually see the spirit i i've heard the voice and if i recognize the voice great um when i haven't recognized the voice um, i won't lie it's been a little terrifying um thankfully for me most of the times i recognize it now my husband is, is an over-the-road truck driver so we have passed some pretty historical places do you Where ride I, with? Do you ride with him? I do. I do. That's I awesome. Do. Um, <laughs> That's thank awesome. you. Thankfully, um, my children are grown, so I'm able to do that. Right. Um, but it, it's it's been it's been an amazing experience. Although, like I said, the historical places that we've gone by, whether it's been a battlefield or even a cotton field, I can remember early on. Um, I was riding with him. And we went by a cotton field and I didn't realize it at the time, but it was, it was old slave land. And the faces that I saw out in this field and the despair and sorry, <laughs> the energy that I felt broke my heart. Um, and now when we, when we go by there, I, I, I don't even look. Um, yeah. Because I feel everything so heavily, whether good, bad, or in between. Um, yeah. So just, just stuff like that. And it, it happens all the time. I can't, I can't pass a cemetery without seeing things. Um, wow. Yeah, I grew up in a little, a little conservative town, and I went to church um, at a Baptist church. And I know that. I look back now and I realized how spiritual of a little guy I was. I was always praying. I was always communicating with God. I was very spiritual little fella, but I, I suppressed it. I didn't even tell my family or anything until I grew up. And then I come to this, you know, Pentecostal church and they encourage it. I was like, oh, this is my place, dude. Because right, like, right. I used to, when I used to call Larry and talk to him about some of the spiritual things, I was so like insecure to tell him because, um, because I was just like, I, it's weird talking about it, you know, but Larry was always like, bro, don't worry. It is. Like it's fine. It is. Like, 
Well, it it, it's also interesting. I think that a lot of that is what the world and society has done. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially for men, um, mm-hmm. for men, it's mm-hmm. told, you know, we're not intuitive. We're told that program, that man. Yeah, that's a load. That's a load. Yeah. <laughs> that's a total load. Yeah. And we're told, you know, not to pay attention to, to the things that, mm-hmm. that we see or think, you know, let's just pretend stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think a lot of that is, 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 you know, in my opinion, it comes from a different place. Uh, than, than what you believe. And that's fine. And right. I just, I just think that it's, it's interesting how the world goes to work on you as, as mm-hmm. a child and tells, you no and slaps your hand and tells you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's all pretend. And, but yet they construct all these pretend things for you, you know, Santa Claus, the, yep. the, that, the bugs, that, but, the, Easter the, bunny. the Easter bunny, <laughs> all, all of Absolutely. this, this stuff. And it's, it's almost like it's on purpose it's like the real spirit world we don't talk about and you're to ignore all of that, but here's all this fake stuff. And that's going to tell you that it's all a lie. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's man. All a lie. That's why they do that. Yeah. And so it ruins why Hollywood makes the movies that are so quote unquote life like and scares the right over the yeah, top out of you because of the simple fact that if just like we were talking about before you came on Raven, we were talking about love and how man has diluted that word and i'm going to say it mm-hmm. satan has diluted that word to the point that it no longer carries the true meaning behind it right okay right. i mean that's the truth of it now just to let you know you're on episode 57 right and we had the celtic pagan in episode 11 wow back in february so what we, I, I don't think i ever got an answer you, you say you're norse pagan now right you i am lean. i absolutely i am i absolutely am okay um, like and fro. i i really like fro yep okay yep i just i just learned from my brother um it's been a couple weeks ago that actually my father adopted norse paganism when he was in the army um and that i didn't even know because you know i mean the books were around and yeah the stuff was around that i'm now putting together as what it was it just wasn't he didn't force you to learn it no no and and i'm you know i tell everybody i'm so appreciative because they let me figure it out myself they let me they let me be me and decide, you know, what I wanted to believe or what I did believe or what was best for me. Um, what about, what about Jesus? What about Jesus Raven? Did you, when you were in a I I was Googling Episcopalian a little bit and I, I it just seems like they kind of believe in the Trinity is what I was getting, but Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. what about Jesus? Did you ever, you feel like you ever had a relationship with Jesus? Okay. I don't feel like I've ever had a relationship with him. No. Now, do I believe that? So I believe in many gods and goddesses. And do I believe in him? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I am probably one of the few that <laughs> will sit here and say that. Um, but I, I do believe. Um, Just to tell you, they almost all of them say they believe in Jesus. Really? Yeah. Okay. So the ones that I have spoken to do not. <laughs> yep. So that, that, that kind of surprises me. But I do. I mean, I believe, you know, I, be, I believe in Lucifer. I, be, I believe in Jesus. I, you know. Um, what most well of as, them say, though, is they don't believe that he's like God. 
You know, because like we, Larry, Mark, and I, the people in this room, we believe Jesus is God. We believe in the deity Absolutely. of Christ, and that's who we worship. Absolutely. Do you do you and believe that, or do you believe that he? I do. I do believe he's a deity. I I absolutely do. Um, and I always have. Um, you don't think he's the only he, way to heaven, though? No, no. As a matter of fact, I, you know, and I hate to say this, I don't even believe in a heaven or a hell. Um, oh, Norse pagans believe in um, Valhalla. Uh, yep, Summerland. Um, and places Hel- like that. Helheim, mm-hmm. I think it is, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, that's my belief uh, yeah. as to where I'm, I'm chosen to go. But no, I do absolutely believe that he is a god. Um, he's just not mine. If, if that makes yeah. sense. Why isn't he yours? What do you have a reason? Like you don't choose him? You know that, and that, that's a really good question. Um, and I'm gonna say with I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that you know he. <sighs> so I'm gonna get a little personal. Okay. Um, when I was a young girl living with my mom and, you know, I've, I've told this story before and everyone's like, well, that's Satan. Well, I'm an innocent little girl. Why is, why is quote unquote Satan messing with me? You know, I, not old enough to have sinned, not whatever. Um, but I was a little girl, um, having really bad things done to her by her, her mother's boyfriend. And I can remember crying and praying to him to make it stop, and it never did. And I don't know if that's where that began, or because my mother, my mother is a Christian, um, and she does believe in that. Um, And like I said, you know, I was there with her my formative years until I was ten. So. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if it's just something that I didn't feel within me. I would imagine Um, it did because we've had so many people on this show, uh, women that, that have um, a similar um, experience. Like Jess is a pagan witch. She actually, she actually uh, flew down from California and came to church here with us one day. She's from, she's from episode, I don't know, nine or something. If you ever want to go back and watch her. Um, I absolutely will. Um, it's Pagan Witch Jess. She, she's like episode 14. She's one of the early ones, but she ended up flying down here and coming to church with us, and we went out to dinner with her and stuff, but she right. actually um, snuck out of her room and got, um, got like, raped by a bunch of, um, like, people in the occult, um, and she was crying out to God and stuff like that, and yeah. So, yeah, it's a common theme, and it's like, that's that's episode four? 14. 14, okay. Episode 14 was uh, Pagan Mama. Yes. Pagan mommy. And then Fro was in 17. Yeah, we've had several Norse pagans. We've actually been, we've charted in Norway before. I think that's why, because we've had pagan witches. But yeah, uh, it's a a common theme. And like, I don't know if um, I've watched, there's some people on TikTok and stuff that have had real bad stuff to them. And they were, um, they were, you know, crying out to God and he didn't do anything. I'm actually, I'm going through something similar right now myself to where I'm crying out to God and, and nothing's happening and I'm having issues with it. I'm very open about my struggles and doubts and stuff like that. And, right. um, I don't know. We're told to trust that he has a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter, no matter what behind all this stuff. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, especially when you're an innocent child. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, 
I, I can't imagine what that must have put in, you know, <clears throat> we read the, the Bible and it talks about the ground, right? Some, right. some seeds fell on fertile ground, other seeds fell on hard ground. And okay. h- how do you, how do you blame a child for her ground becoming hard because of mm-hmm. the way she was raised? Yeah. Victimized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Victimized, mm-hmm. raised. Yeah. Raised. Yeah. You know, I mean, when your trust, when your trust is destroyed by somebody yeah. who's supposed to be very trustworthy, and then the one mm-hmm. you turn to, our God, who you're told as a child is is your Superman. Your protector. Your yeah. protector. The one that mm-hmm. loves you the most. Please make this stop. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I can totally grasp how that would put space between you and the idea of Jesus. Yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you about, about the Episcopalian. Is that what you said that you were? Yeah. Raised in? Yes. That, yes. That, so I, I truly don't know much about it. I just know that I was baptized into okay. it. Um, I, I, cause I, I've, I've often wondered about that because, and I, there are going to be lots of Episcopalians in heaven. I'm not saying anything bad about your church. I'm just saying it, it, to me, it seems like a, a little more difficult to have a personal relationship with Jesus in that construct. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. compartmentalized. I've heard that. It's, it's very, it's almost like a bureaucracy of religion. I've heard that. I've and heard that. So, and but, that's actually but, come out of my mom's mouth who, who went from that to Baptist. Right. Um, oh, so now she's yeah. Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all right, man. No good, very good Baptist. Absolutely, <laughs> but you know, and here's the thing: her and I don't have the best relationship, but she respects. She actually, she's one of the few that respects my beliefs and doesn't um, doesn't try to shove hers down my throat. And she's one of the very few people that can say, "I'll pray for you," and won't hear an earload. Um, you know, I know it comes from a place of love when she says it. And yeah, most Christians use it as a knife, matter. like as a knife. Like yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to pray for you in a condescending yeah. way, but really I'm never going to pray for you <laughs> and see that you in part. hell, buddy type of thing. That I noticed part. that like, I'm going to pray for you, dude. It's like, no, you're not. You're using that no. as a knife to throw at them. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. Isn't exactly. that, isn't that exactly what we talked about judging with the same measure that you did? Yeah. Be well, careful, it, my friend. It's interesting. <laughs> I hear him say that, and I remember at his exact age, that was the exact way I felt because that yeah. was my experience. Yeah. That, yeah. that was what I had seen. And, mm-hmm. you know, there there is an element of people that do that, but that's that's the thing about all of this. We're all sick. We're all spiritually mm-hmm. ill. You know, I've, I've stated before that God created us on purpose with a hole inside of us. And that whole oh, wow. missing puzzle piece. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that missing puzzle piece is a relationship with him. He made it on purpose so that we strive and we look for meaning and we look for him everywhere. What's your what's your husband believe, by the way? So my husband, believe it or not, um, not 10 years ago was studying to be an evangelist. Um yeah. Until his church stapled his eyes wide open. And he just really stopped. Oh, 15 years? 15 years, he's correcting me. Um, you know, something happened and the church, you know, kind of 
opened those eyes and he backed away and he went for years of not believing. He has just now started um, researching, studying Norse paganism. And, you know, this was, you know, no, um, I didn't, I didn't push my beliefs on him. I didn't, you know, of course, we've talked about it very openly. Um, but he's realizing that 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 belief system, that path falls more in line with who he is as a person. Would you share what um, happened with, at the church? Yeah, just put him on the phone or let's interview him, too. So he, um, you want to talk? Do you want to? Okay, I'm going to take my headset off. Hold on a second. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, what's your name, man? My name is Anthony. Anthony. Hey, Anthony, what happened? I'm curious to know what happened at that. What happened at that church? To she said it stapled your eyes wide open. What What was that that well, caused that? It was It was basically a few churches. Um, thing about it is, I when I was younger, I had rented a room from a woman, and uh, renting a room. Period. I was faithful. I was loyal to my beliefs. Uh, going to church, uh, my church, my, my family actually were the chartered members of this church and founded this church. Um, do you mind well, sharing? Because of my, hey, sorry, Anthony. Yeah. Do you mind sharing, um, what kind of church it is? It was, uh, Nazarene. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my family's predominantly Baptist. Yeah. Um, so, you know, denomination, denomination, it's just, different views of denominations. However, right. so the optics, I guess, in their mind was it was wrong for me to rent a room. And I actually knew this woman because of uh, family affiliation. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing out of the ordinary, no talking or anything like that, just rented a room. And because of that, I was... Uh, lack of a better term, the church, the way they did it there would be that they would not have conversations with you. They would ignore you inside the church. Like excommunicated kind of like a, without being excommunicated. Right, right exactly. <laughs> this is the right. same same judgmental we thing we were talking about earlier. Well, we it's were amazing, talking about we? this but before the show, yeah. but like um, one of the things that like – I spent probably, good Lord, I probably spent like 10 or 15 years out of the church. And I didn't stop talking to God during that time. I still maintained a relationship with God. But I even told God, I was like, I'm never going back to church again, ever. I was like, I'm, right. I won't do it. Just because of, I knew that I could have a personal rela relationship with God. And the only thing other Christians was doing was hindering my relationship with God. That's it. And, and I, that, I, I truly believe that. Like, you know how they say iron sharpens iron, stuff like that, which thank God for you guys now. Thank you, you know, for that. And so not talking about you, and I, I do see the benefits right. of it now. But back then, that's all I saw Christians doing was hindering. They were stumbling box for my relationship with God because of what happened to my sister. Like, this, this youth pastor told my sister that she was going to go to hell if she didn't change what she was doing at the time. And, and then just not too long after that, he got arrested for embezzlement and got kicked, like fired from the church. I don't think he got arrested. I think he got fired from the church for embezzling from it. And I was like, right. bro, like, what about you? Like, what happens to you, man? Like, you know? And so 
that's why I always talk on here. I, I have I Coco posted a couple clips of it last week, but I talk about this quite frequently that that lukewarm Christians is what's causing people to walk away yeah, from right. the church. Like people that pretend to like to be this high and mighty Christian and then they're not, you know? I, I think self-righteous would probably be a better choice of words than lukewarm. Yeah. Lukewarm don't right. care. They're on the right. fence. Yeah. It can go this way. It can go that way. It don't matter to them. Yeah. But a self-righteous puts their self in a position of, of yeah. the judge, which yeah. means that you've, you in that in itself, you perform blasphemy because you have risen above God, you have placed yourself above God as judge. Yeah. And that is told over and over and over not to do that. Which yeah, the, and look at look how much hurt that causes. He, yeah. What what was oh, the Bible? Uh, what was the verse we talked about? How much about? church hurt have we dealt with here? Oh, too much. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, what what was the verse we read? Uh uh, uh about love. No, judge. Judge not. Or, least you be judged, you be judged. But, yeah. the, but the next yeah. verse is uh, or with for the same measure that you judge others, mm-hmm. you will be judged. If, if humanity could grasp that on a corporate level. Yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that with hey, us. Anthony, man. Thank I, you. I've Thank got, you, I've got no to problem. ask, I'm thinking y'all guys are for some reason, Illinois keep popping up in my head. So you're probably Midwest, right? Uh, Midwest. Uh, Do I? She's uh, she's east, east coast. Well, I mean, I'm Midwest now. I was east coast. <laughs> right. So y'all are both east coast. Moved to the Midwest. No, no. I first moved to the Midwest. East Midwest. I'm from St. I'm actually originally from St. Louis. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Larry has that's, a talent. That's like a river. <laughs> There's a river yeah, difference. You're right. Yeah, I know. That's where I crossed the river when I was driving. And you, she said that you were also a truck driver. What's your age group, bro? My age, uh, I am 52 years old. Nice. All right. So you're a youngin'. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can call it that. I don't look my age. So, yeah, you can say I'm a youngin'. <laughs> I've been out here 19 years. Yeah. <laughs> so. that, that doesn't mean you're not experienced. Right. Uh, I mean, right. trust right. me. I've had my CDL only about 20 years, right? a little over 20 years now. And uh, before then, I was just a hazard to you guys. Um, <laughs> I, told, I told last week, I think it was, about my drives down to San Antonio, and, and literally, to me, it was a game, and truck drivers were a rolling roadblock right. for me to go around, through, and around. I right. mean, like, I would zip so close to those guys that I know now – if you'd been on the that CD, I would have terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I terrified them. They'd been talking trash about you for sure. Yeah. So I would. Hey, I was going. I was going through Indianapolis one time, and I saw motorcycles coming up on me. You know, I, I was driving actually a truck, and I was in Indianapolis. I'm on, I think it's seventy right then, or one of the loops, and I see this these motorcycles coming up, and then all of a sudden, their headlights disappeared, and I'm like. I'm watching in the mirror because I'm bi- I was a biker at the time too, so you know I'm aware of them, and I'm like, where did where did it go? Where did it go? And the there's three of them comes by in a wheelie. <laughs> nice. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, oh, you're wow. so stupid. This was at night, you know, and their headlights disappear, and they were like straight up <laughs> came by me about eighty miles an hour in a wheelie. Oh my god. So Raven, I wanted to ask you. You, I think you said in that text message that you just started practicing baneful magic. Was that? Am, am no, I right? No, no. I 
So I have actually done that for a minute. Um, what does that mean, yeah, first of all? A minute? It means well, she's done it for a while. Yeah. Um, so I only, I only practice dark magic when things... So, you know, when it comes to me, myself, I don't care what someone says or does to me. But when it comes to my children, uh, my grandchildren, my husband, um, and of course it has to, it, it, it takes a lot. Like it has to be something very, very bad um, before I will even consider that. Um, but yes, I, I'm more love and light than I am the dark. Um, I can count on one hand and not even fill that hand up how many times I've practiced fable or dark magic. Tell me, and I think I tell me a story about the um, tell me a story about the the realest time of your practice in magic, and you're like, oh, this is this is real. Tell me a story about that. Because oh. I so, know you wouldn't <laughs> practice it if it wasn't real, right? No, no, absolutely not. So tell me the that um, that's the question that's coming to mind. What's the realest moment you've had where you're like, oh, well, this is real. I got to watch out what I'm doing here. So. My grandparents adopted me when I was 13, uh, my father's parents. And here about six years ago. So before we can practice any type of magic, light um, or dark, we have, we have to get significant signs from our deity, our ancestors, whatever. Um, and I was being petty for lack of better words, and someone had pissed me off. So I decided, well, I was just going to hit him with a little bit of chaos. And I didn't I didn't get, you know, an okay from anyone. And I was sitting there, I had cast my circle prediction. Everything ready to go. And, you know, my candles were lit. And, you know, my grandmother was a tiny woman. She always had the happiest face on her. But when she was not happy with me, um, she had a no filter face. And, I, you know, I, I got into what I was doing. Um, I won't get into specifics. <laughs> but I got into what I was doing. And all of a sudden, I was hit with a blast of cold air to where the flames of my candles went out and my grandmother's one of the most angry faces I've ever seen on her was in my face. And my heart almost stopped. <laughs> my stomach ended up in my throat and I knew to back off. And I didn't I didn't even touch anything painful until here recently. Um so, does, yeah, I mean, does that, that make was, you that does that make you want to back off from it like completely? It, it just makes me more aware. It makes me know it. It let me know that I am not to be doing anything like that unless it is the absolute worst of cases. Because um, it's not a game. No, it is. It, it really isn't. Um, and I and I I believe in karma. I. I absolutely believe in karma 
And I don't want to put anything out there that isn't valid to come back on me. Um, I've dealt with enough in life. I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I want to be happy. I want to be left alone. Um, and that's why I, I do more of the love and light. Um, I've had people come to me and ask me, you know, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I can send you love and light. I can, you know, whatever else it is within that realm that you need me to do when it's far as dark now. Yeah. I've had a question. Okay. Uh, for you, Raven, <clears throat> you know, Nietzsche said when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, do you, is there a part of you that thinks maybe the idea that we can control and channel evil or darkness might be, is there a part of you that says, maybe I can't, maybe that's not a correct teaching? I'm just curious. You know, you were talking about how you got, you got really blasted from. from I really did. I really you, did. And it, it was really like she was running up my behind, like, girl, it. I will get you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to have to be honest and say I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, recently he and I, I, I fully believe he and I were hit. And I, I, I met that, um, once, once I was sure that the, um, the hex was removed, um, of course, you know, we still, we have our days, mm-hmm. but I met that with, with the hex. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You said that you and him were hit, you know, that we, we call that in our vernacular, uh, a spiritual attack. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Very and we much. do too. We yeah. do too. Um, so yeah, I, I can't, I just know that for me <laughs> and my ancestors, I'm not to be doing that unless absolutely warranted. Um, in, and again, in I, Christianity Raven, we believe that witchcraft is, is bad to practice all the time. I know you've heard it before Yep. and stuff like that. What, what do you say to Christians that that say that witchcraft is bad, and how do you get around? How do you get around that? Because to us, it's it's scary. We're like talking to you isn't scary, but witchcraft is terrifying. There's a Bible verse okay, where. So, go ahead. This, okay, so the same way that you guys, you know, you kneel and you pray, and you know, you light candles, whatever. We do the same thing, but we are, and I guess in the sense of the word, we are praying to our ancestors to to our deities so it's really no different I, you know when I do that I am literally just thanking them um, for you know everything that they've they've placed in my life be it good or bad um, because I know that the bad I needed the lesson for whatever reason um, you know and again for, yeah it really does depend on the context um, and like I said, I'm more love and light. I, I would rather send somebody loving energy and light than, than the latter because it can be scary. And, and there are witches out there that are just, they're evil. 
we, had, we had one on that that only practices like death magic. She Victoria, she was from um with that one with the she's from overseas. She, she she's, and I don't agree with that. She's I the don't death agree witch. with that because you know, and the other pagan witches that I know will tell you that that's not what we're to use that for. We really aren't. Um, yeah. So I just I don't agree with it, and like I said, there is there is evil there are evil witches out there. Um, who do you have a god that you work with the most? Like that you submit your life to? I do, Odin. Um, you know, Odin, and then there's there's Hecate, um, and she's Greek, but those are my two my two main. Do you, and, do you worship um, them? I wouldn't say worship. Um, I would say you know I thank them, and I you know I ask for help when I need it. But to get to, to worship, no, no. Okay, and. And um, how how do you think you're? How, do you ever see yourself? Do, do you see it being a possibility to going going to Christ fully? Do you even see that as a possibility in the future? No, I don't. Yeah. No, I've been too set in my ways too long, and I, like I said, you know, I know what I feel and what I get from the deities that you know I do deal with. Um, and again, my ancestors, my ancestors more so than my deities. Um, you know, some of my ancestors are my spirit guides. It, it, it's just, it's more of a spiritual thing for, I think for me, um, to have that relationship. Yeah. And again, just not, you know, my beliefs. Yeah. I got you. Okay. We're going to go ahead and start the rounds because these things take this, the rounds are getting to where they take forever and ever. And so I want to start the rounds that way. I don't keep you here the whole day. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay, let's go to Mark or Angela. You want to go? Okay, Angela's got something. I was just kind of curious because you said you have children and they're older. Um, what are their beliefs? Did they follow in your footsteps? Are they Christians? Or are they just non-believers? So funny part, I've got four grown children. My oldest is twenty-four, and my youngest is nineteen. Um, my two oldest girls are definitely witches. And my two youngest, um, because of some of the issues I had, they were for several years raised by their father and their father's family. And they were raised Pentecostal, and that's what they believe. And those two do not disrespect me, do not try to force their beliefs on me, and, and vice versa. Um, Good. So, yeah. Because if they're Pentecostal, they dang sure don't agree with you but i'm glad that they oh, can no, absolutely not absolutely not but, <laughs> yeah. but they respect me as mom good um well yeah you know, your mom at the end of the day yeah that part that part yep yep your mom at the end of the day okay what, mark what did did you say that hurt that hurt what was the last two things you said i didn't hear you she said well, that part i think she said that, that part. part yeah oh, that gotcha. part mark's your turn it was really cool uh, uh, talking to both you guys. I, I wish we could have talked longer. We we talked quite a bit before the podcast. So. <laughs> right. Well, we're we're generally available if you just give us a heads up. Well, that, um, that's good news. We can make ourselves available. It was really nice meeting you and your husband both. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, you know, I, I'm not, you know, 
I'm not a white liberal of that version. I can't apologize for what my race has done. <laughs> I can't no, apo- no. I, I can't <laughs> apologize for what the church has done except I'm sorry. I'm sorry wow. for your husband. I'm sorry for the hypocrisy of man. You know, we're we're all sick. And I I had those exact same things happen to me in the late 70s, wow. early 80s. Um wow. You know, as far as not your experience, ma'am, but his experience of the hypocrisy right. and, and I, I wish the church, I wish people could realize the impact, the deep, permanent, sometimes permanent impact that their actions have on those in their community. Um, it, it, all of this projecting of a false identity um, raising it up, going out to church or getting jobs within the churches of this false identity that you're not living up to and all the energy of lies it takes and all the judgment and blame shifting that you do affects people, people readily. And I'm talking to believers out here, people, people readily and easily can see through your hypocrisy. I saw through the hypocrisy. It drove me away from the church. Couldn't take it. It's like, I don't want any part of these people. Um, But then I went out there and the story of my life was God left the 99. Jesus did. And he came and got the one. And, um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, bashed my head against the wall of self-will over and over again until in a state of hopelessness, I cried out for God and he was there. Um. But through that process, I had to connect with a group of people that were being real. And that's what helped me reestablish my relationship with God. I, I don't think at that point I could have got it by walking. I don't, I know not walking back into the same church. Um, right. And so, you know, I went through what I went through needlessly. Because we can't be honest with each other. I mean, it, it maybe it's maybe it's human nature when you put us in groups that we start lying to one another. It certainly is social media's nature. You put us in groups yeah. in anything. You, you put us in groups of government, we start repressing you. You put us in groups in a church, we start repressing you and lying to you and living two lives. It, it's just... I. I Honestly, I believe it's human nature, but as Christians, we're called to exceed that because we operate within the spirit and God gave us the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be truthful and open and vulnerable with each other. You know, it says in the Bible to confess your sins to one another and repent. And you don't see a whole lot of that going on. It's getting now because no, when you do, they go tell their homies and they go talk about how much better they are than you. Right. That 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 is the Indeed. way. That is the way it's always been. Yeah. Um. But but I'm seeing some changes in the church I go to now. Um. Yeah. And within the community, but I think it's it's one of the reasons people need to have smaller circles and communities with within the church, so they can actually, you know, we've turned into these great big mega churches where people mm-hmm. sit out in their little bitty specks and there's this huge personality on the screen that tells us how wonderful and awesome life is. Yep. And he never has a bad moment of life because he's such a positive thinker because God has given him everything. 
And yeah. no, that's not real. That's that's a lie. No. And that's setting people up for huge disenfranchisement, disenfranchisement, right? And then we wonder, well, how could somebody run to a different religion? Well, you know, paganism's old. It's been around for a long mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, wh- where do we want these people to go? You know, we, we got to do better. So, you know, it's really wonderful talking to you. I have a challenge for you. It, okay. It, it's a, it, you'll, you would probably find it very interesting. There's a book called Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. Return of Oh, did she go away? Somehow we hung up. We're calling back. Hello. Hello. Can you hear us now? (laughs) I can. So it's Return of the Gods by who? Jonathan Kahn. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting book. I think you would probably actually enjoy it because he talks about all of the pagan gods that are returning. Um, okay. to, to our current culture. And it's, it's very okay. interesting. It, you got to be some somewhat open-minded because you may not okay. agree with his conclusions, but it goes back into history and tracks them. And I, I think that you would, you would probably really enjoy that you and your husband both. And that, well, he's saying he's a good author. So I will definitely check that out. All right. Okay. Uh, Larry. I'm definitely open-minded. So oh, I mean that. Larry. Raven, are you redheaded? No. Not every okay. witch is redheaded, no, Larry. But, Jesus. No. no, but because she's talking about Norse and paganism, so I'm looking for the roots that go all the way back. And yeah. all the way back would be typically blonde or redhead. I have type. successfully got him to stop talking about redheads for like 30 episodes now. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Okay. Well, that's what. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with redheads. Anyway, um, first off, I would love to get Anthony's story um into more depth but they're not going to allow that at this time so i'm suggesting that we get a hold of anthony at another time and and get him on the schedule so that i can talk to him about you can get a hold of anthony uh this is larry's number have anthony get a hold of larry on this number and we'll set it up you can do that I can do that. Um, as long as you guys give us like what, like a week's notice, we, we can make sure that we normally give um, you like a month. It's usually yeah. like That's a month, fine. but you know, this yeah. week was different because we had to rearrange a bunch right. of stuff. So yeah, kind we normally get like a month. Right. Thank you for working with us, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, no, absolutely. Well, absolutely. the re- the reason that I find that his story interesting is because this church that we go to, which is Discovery Church in Yukon, we the majority of this church is the the one that Christ left the 99 to to bring back yeah. almost m- most of these guys stories in this in in our church have to do with the return back to the church and the way that they were treated i think one of the things that the church fails so poorly on in most circumstances is love like Christ. We, we are told to love like Christ, and yet we treat others with condemnation and conviction. And that's not mm-hmm. our place. That's the Holy Spirit's place. Not our place to do. I think the most is the fear-mongering of going to this, to this hell. Fear-mongering? Um, sure. Fear-mongering. Fear-mongering. Fear-mongering, yes. About going to hell. Yeah. 
Shall we open that seething cauldron of debate, Larry? No. Not today. Okay. We don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about it for like, I don't know. We, yeah. t- we had like a three episode where we talked about hell. And maybe some of maybe while y'all are driving down the Yeah, maybe while you're driving down the road, research a little bit of our podcast. Yeah, you can go back and watch your episode we, and see what we, we think are, about it. When we, have, when we have that one, I'm going to suggest that we have Pastor Gary back in here to help guide and direct us in the way that we need to be on this. But we do need to get the biblical answers for those questions that have come up repeatedly in yeah. this podcast. Right. I I want to say thank you so much for um, coming in and, and just sharing your your story with us and your experiences. Um, Absolutely. There's a whole I lot of stuff the running. Time. Huh. I appreciate the time that you guys took. Um, I was really nervous. <laughs> Folks kept saying, stop being nervous, stop being nervous. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then, you know, I jumped on here with you guys and I completely relaxed. So I I really thank you um, just for being open-minded and respectful and definitely. You bet. Well, we are to treat everybody with love. Now, my, my thing is I typically read a verse for each and every visitor. Yep. Guest, yeah. Guest, guest. Okay, there you go. Uh, mine comes from Jude 22 and 23. And you must show mercy to those who whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sin that contaminates their life. I'm supposed to love you no matter what. I repeated the same. Yeah, you, I, Do I now, Anthony? Reading, I'm looking over at him, and he's parroting it at the same time. I, I truly appreciate that. But I mean, we are we are completely to love each other, and we are. It's not I my agree. place. It's not my place to judge you. It is my place to have conversation with you, and uh, since my authority is all based in the truth that I call the Holy Bible or that you can call whatever. Um, I base everything off of that. So the way that I live should be a reflection of what I've learned in this Bible. And that's what Christ told me to do. I'm not supposed to judge you, but I can correct. If I see a brother of mine, which I know as far as uh, those living outside the church, I'm not to judge them at all at all. The Bible tells me not to. What it does say is that my brother Zach over here, which actually is more like one of my children now, I am to love him enough to correct him. I am enough. I am to love him enough to guide him and to give him education when I can and patience when I need to and to love on him in the right way, not to judge him and tell him how wrong he is. And there are times that I've had to slap him outside the head to get his attention. You know, and that's, that's verbally, not physically. Right. I, I've restrained Absolutely. from the, I'm, I've restrained from the physical part of it, <laughs> but I love my brother because I get to see him grow. Right. When, when I, when you're in the growth pattern, you don't get to see how you're growing. Just like, you know, I can't right. tell, I can't tell that I've gained three pounds since yesterday, but when I walk in, Zach looks at me and goes, oh my gosh, you're going to have to get bigger pants. Yeah. We, we you know? fully, we fully so, have winter. We have winter Larry. We in have full winter effect Larry right going now. on right now. Yes. Um, so, I mean, through that, I am to love him 
And I am to correct him, not judging, but I am to correct it. And we are to love each other as Christ loved us. And by doing that, we have set a precedent uh, in dealing with people who are not believing the way that we are. And it is amazing, Anthony, it is amazing how much we've dealt with church hurt. And that is a such a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous ground for the people of churches. We are to be a hospital for broken people. I am a Christian that understands that I am not perfect. There is no way I can be perfect until I stand before the Lord in his righteousness. I can't be perfect in mine at all. And if somebody wants to judge me on things that I do, trust me, I give them plenty. I give them plenty. Yeah. So I, I love you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. And I would love for y'all to, to, uh, reach out and get a hold of me so we can set a time. Absolutely. Okay. My turn. Um, so I'll say for this, like, because I'm in a weird spot right now and I've talked about it for like the last three weeks about just, um, uh, just, uh, where God's put me in this ministry and stuff like that. And, and I've just had a weird relationship with God for the last three weeks and I've been communicating with him like, bro, what's going on? Like, why are you putting me in these positions? Why are you allowing me to feel these doubts? Like I'm just, I'm having, I'm in the worst time of my life right now. If I can be just completely honest, I've never felt this down and low and just gross. And, um, I don't like the idea of hell. I don't like the, um, the idea, some of the ideas in the Bible, some of the stuff I read, I don't like, and I'm just being real. Um, but what I do look at is the fact that um, hell could absolutely be real. It could be a, a real thing. God could be who he says he is. Jesus could really be a guy that came here on earth, walked, says he's the only way to heaven, and he's the only way to get there, and he deserves the worship, and he would, died and rose again. That's the big thing, is did this guy die and rise again to completely absolve us from our sin? You know, right. and, I, and I look at that and whenever I'm going through all these things that I'm going through is, could this all be true? And it's, yeah, it absolutely could be. And okay. so it's something that I've been taking very seriously here lately is I, I want to look, I really want to look into that because it means, I mean, it means more than anything, honestly, just like whenever you pick your wife, it's probably one of the biggest decisions that you'll make on this earth. Mm-hmm. But man, what happens after you die? If there really is an eternity, that's a big deal, man. It is. And, Absolutely, it is. And I think we, I think we really need to spend a significant amount of time um, seeking out what happens after that. And um, and I'm not one to, I'm not one to preach because I'm like, like I said, I'm right in the middle of it. I'm my testimony is still developing. I told right when I started this um, podcast. Um, Someone said, well, I would like to talk to Zach because I'd really like to get your testimony. And um, I said, I don't have one. I don't think I have one. In progress. And <laughs> and at the, and Larry said, yeah, you do. Of course you do, bro. You have a testimony. I started thinking, like, the people that we have on this show, that they have these grandiose testimonies and, like, this breaking point. And then past then I saw this differently and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I don't have a testimony yet. And that's And now that I'm in the middle of this, I'm going, yep. oh, wow, I really re- I realize I don't have a testimony yet, but I'm going to, 
and it sucks because I'm not there yet, you know, but, um, yeah. So some of those things that you said that you disagree with, um, in there, it's, it's hard for me too, but, um, it's something that I got to take seriously, you know? And, oh, absolutely. um, and I listened to a podcast, by the way, that, that book you said, and I wanted to say, I don't read books anymore, but I listened to a podcast with the author of that guy after you mentioned it. So yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's a good guy. He no. seems like a good guy, but, um, Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to say I love you. Thanks for coming on, and I I hate that uh, that happened to you. You you're amazing. Thank you. And um, I, I I've said this to the last ones, but just to let you know, whoever did that to you when you were younger, if they were here right now, I'd beat them up. Yeah, yeah, yes, my husband feels the same way. Yeah, well, we tag team. He'd he'd hold them down, and I'd tickle them with a feather until they peed their pants, and you know. There you go. That's for YouTube. But I don't I don't want to say on air what I do. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on and the floor is yours. Thanks for having me. Yep. You, it's just, oh, you get the floor now you get to talk. It's all yours. I, I really, you know, I have a lot to take in. Um, this is the first time I've done anything like this. Um, so I definitely, you know, you guys have given me a lot to think about. And I just, again, really just want to thank you for being people, um, being as kind, open, loving, receiving, um, non-judgmental as you were, that, that absolutely means the world, um, you know, with my beliefs and being who and what I am. Um, you know, there's, it's not often that you find Christians that are, are just accepting of someone, even if they don't believe the same thing. And I just can't tell you guys how much I appreciate that. You thought I was a Christian. I did. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Thank you, Raven. Hey, by the way, um, are you from, because uh, your phone number when I, I called you from Larry, it says Searcy, Arkansas. Are you from there? So that's where we live now. Oh, <laughs> my dad, love Arkansas. My dad lives in Bald Knob, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. My family, my dad's family lives around there from, in Bald Knob. Yeah, my dad lives in Bald Knob. I think it's the most inappropriate town name of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, we agree. I, got, I, I love it. He doesn't like it so much, but yeah, that's it. I've got a son-in-law that is from Arkansas. I got that joke. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got the yeah, joke. Not Good. appropriate. All right. I have to keep reminding these guys, this is a Christian podcast at the end of the day, but you know. You don't have to keep reminding me. Right. Larry's fine. Larry's okay, the one that sits okay. over there. Guilty. He bashes us over the head with the chair when we get done. Me and Mark are the, the little teenagers trying to poke the bear, right. you know, but. Anyway, okay. Thank you for coming on, Raven. And yeah, I would really Listen. like for Anthony to get a hold of Larry, and we'll Absolutely. set up a date. Absolutely. Listen, Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, you guys have an amazing yes. day. All right. Merry Christmas Take and care. a happy New Year. You right, both be blessed. Take care. Take care. Bye. That's cool. Different. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, from the ones that we've talked to before, um, she had a different attitude about her. Well, that's what's cool. What I noticed is, is like, I'm getting complacent from doing these shows. I'm getting complacent. It's just kind of what we do now. We do the same thing every show. We talk to the people the same way every show. And then at the end of it, like whenever they say like, oh my God, they meant the world how you treated us or whatever. And it's like, well, to us, we're just talking to you. You know, it's like nothing. But to them, it means a lot. The way that you can have an hour long conversation with Christians and not feel like you're out in the woods getting beat up or that we're literally, you know, you, there's some Christians that you talk to sometimes and you, and if you are telling them the sins, you're sitting there telling them, they're like, oh man, they're, they're sitting there beating you down in their head, you know? And people get, like Mark said earlier, you can tell people's genuine intentions sometimes. Like you can, 
you can literally tell, but it's, they could tell that we're literally not judging them from the inside of our hearts. We're not judging them. Are you, are you listening? Uh, Christians out there, the ones that listen to us, are you, are, have you grasped if you've listened for 50, it's being quite apparent to me, our religion has hurt people. Yeah. And not only has it hurt people, the way we practice it, I'm probably just as guilty because I'm a human, but I try not to be. We're, we got to do better because we're driving people into the arms of the adversary. That's yeah. deadly serious. Maybe that's a part where Jesus is talking about the false teachers and those that will come before him and say, Lord, Lord, I did all this in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I don't know who you are. You know why? Why? Because they were so wrapped up on the religion side of it that they didn't have a relationship with Christ himself. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's really hard for me to believe that someone is going to sit there and dust their hands off and not worry about witches and be like, have fun in hell, buddy, and not talk to them, and then get to heaven and be like, do you see how I talk to those witches, bro? Yeah, we got them, God, didn't we? I don't think God's going to be like, yeah, bro, get in here, bro. F those uh, witches. No, that's not really, how it's going to work. Do- I don't. Think I shorten it. It was. I shortened it to F. No, I, I don't. I don't. Think I don't think that's, that's the way it's going to go. go. No, I think they say like, "What are you talking about? That's my. I created that." Depart from too. me. Yeah. The I fact never that knew you. the fact that you didn't spend time like that. It was easy for you to walk away from that witch. Trust me, we all know it's not easy going into that. You don't think we get spiritual battles for going into this? It's hard, and you punks that are going in there and just washing your hands. And going back and thinking you're going to go up and high-five Jesus for being crappy to um, non-believers, you're wrong. Do the hard thing. It's hard. It's hard to love people that don't believe the same thing. It's very hard. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was the attitude of our, and I'm using the word correctly this time, the leadership. Our pastors, Pastor Gary, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Martha, Pastor Joseph, Pastor Ben, that, that is the definition of the leadership yeah. in today's understanding. I find it intriguing and much refreshing that they actually lead by servitude. Yeah. This is not one where they expect to be lifted up above everybody else. Cause they're not. Yeah. They have that understanding that they are the same as us. They battle. Look at pastor Joseph. Every week. Yeah. Pastor Joseph is on a different, on a different instrument every week. Every week. Like, he fills in when there's lacks. I mean, like, and and then, you know, like me and Pastor Kevin, I don't talk to Pastor he, Kevin he Also, by the way, Joseph's also one of them that does all the lights and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, he I come in here. The, yeah. I've come in here and watched him on a scissor lift up there actually putting lights together. He yeah. built things for displays and, and, you know, stuff like that, too. I don't talk to Pastor Kevin hardly ever, right? But, um, but you can see what his leadership has trickled down to do to everybody else that's in this church because um, just what the precedent he's done in the church is just overwhelming. Like if, like I said, I was one of those people that was just as sketched out of church as anybody else, and I've been here for well over a year now, maybe a year and a half. Are we on two years now? No, 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 no. Oh, March we're on, will be. We're March. on year, year, are you on year two here now? Yeah, so March yeah. will be year two. March will be two years that we've been okay, here. Okay, cool. Yeah, or at the end of February or something like that. But anyway, 
Um, yeah. It's so like, just the fact that like, I've never one time ever felt the feelings like, Oh, I was going to tell you, um, Oops. my daughter, flip the switch. my Squirrel. daughter, no, it, it's, gets along the same lines. Was my daughter had a, um, had a like little dance recital thing at a Baptist church last week. And I walked in there and bro, I got PTSD. It smelled like my Baptist church growing up. And I go, ooh, man, I got instantly uncomfortable. I wanted to leave there. I brought back all the feelings from that. And I was thinking like, bro, like I have a lot more church hurt than what I realized growing up. Because if you got to think for a guy to, to swear off church for, you know, 20 years or whatever, like I, I, you were not going to catch me dead in a church. Well, just the mere fact that you had a trauma response. Yeah. Like that says something. <laughs> it smelled, I told her, I said, this smells Amazing. like, I, I told her as soon as I went in there, I said, this smells like my childhood church and I want to get out of here. Like I do not like the way my family was treated. My sister, I don't like the way, um, I, I witnessed people in leadership positions, not be who they said they were. I don't like that. That's why me, like whether you guys like it or not in this room, Mark, Larry, and even you, Angela, you guys are in leadership positions now. We may have just started a podcast, but there are people that are watching this that are expecting you to be what you say you are. And we sit here and we talk on the show for two hours and there are people that are looking at you. Come and, walk with me. And no, I'm you're, you're probably the prime example of the same Come guy. walk with me. Yeah, you're the same guy. And um, I don't know Mark very well in personal life, but I'm sure you are too. But and then oh, you, you know uh, me. I don't know if you could see some of my political comments on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he has a Twitter crap. He has a Twitter. Oh, now I've now I've let him know. He has a Twitter. Great. Okay. Well, he's, he's got he's got an edge. Mark says they're making the frogs gay. <laughs> but anyway, we, we we are in a leadership position whether you realize it or not. And I just I do not want to give someone that same feeling that I got growing up. And that's why I just I can't be fake on here. Even though like I know Pastor Gary's gonna listen to these and he's the last person I want to know that I'm doubting, but I have an obligation to the people that's listening to this show to be real. And Pastor Gary's the one. He had a four-week class on one. It was called it 100% Authentic Christian. And so I learned how to be what I'm being right now from him. Okay. When you I've, just defined, you just defined the human, the problem, the crux of the matter. I hate Cat Pastor Gary know, knowing that I'm struggling. Yeah. That's what's burning us yes. all. Yes. All of us. We hate to know that anyone, anyone to know that we're struggling. We yeah. project, we project this outer shell that we want everybody to believe who that's who we are when we're, some of us are dying inside. Yeah. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah. Typical great things, answer. Man. Fine. Right. And then here's, here's the deal doing great. And they walk away. Well, pff, they don't care about me. Yeah. How can they? And you're not giving and them the opportunity. You're yeah. not giving them the opportunity, but that's what we teach each other. And yeah. so nobody's being very few people are being, we're trying, the church is trying, I think, to make this switch to become honest and vulnerable and admitting the weaknesses and yeah. I, I think it's up against a battle with zealotry because the Bible warns us 
okay, there are going to be people with sin. You don't come into alignment with that sin and change the policy of your church. So there's a whole lot of people. They're like, oh, we can't accept that behavior because we can't tell them that it's okay that are they're missing the mark. Nobody's yeah. asking you to do that. Yeah. We're just asking you to, to admit your own fault to them. Yeah. Form some, some, some kind of human connection. Yeah. You know how much, how many lives you could change just by being honest. Yeah. When you listen, I come in and I greet and it doesn't even matter if I'm on the greeters list that day or not. I have to greet. That's what I get my charge from. That's what I get. I can come in here down and the minute that I start that greeting process and sharing love with others, then I start getting, you know, I feel recuperated. Right. And then when we get to praise, I'm like over the top and I need that every week period. It's not that I don't do it in the personal life. See, I'm not just waiting or I'm not just getting in the word when I'm here in the church. I also stay in the word at home so that it, gives me strength yeah. you know but how many people when you walk in the door of the church and you say hey how was your week well you know i lost my job i had two flat tires i had a car wreck then my daughter left me and uh, then i'm having a lot I mean, of doubt i'm having a lot of doubt yeah i mean that's truthfully right. what you get is blessed and highly favored no that's what you want to be Right. That's yeah. what you know, that's that, what you want to be. And but what what was your week really like? How come you're limping right now? Right. And, and your attempt to be positive and to, to to do that battle is actually harming me. That's what we don't understand. It's actually harming the other person because it's telling, well, you gotta be blessed and highly favored. If you're not, you're less than me. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that human nature, it's a mess. constantly yeah. circular sociological battle. It's a mess. It, it is. It is rather rough, and we do need to make a more of a an amends, in all honesty, to the people in the public about the way that we are. And I've I do everything that I can try to do to glorify God. Do I get in the flesh? Yes, I'm human. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I mess up? Yes, I'm human. Mm-hmm. Do I fall? Yes, 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 yes. I get angry and I mouth off in the wrong way and my wife's there to correct me. Thank goodness that God has given me a woman I'll listen to. One of the things that I, I'm trying to emulate it is I've been told at times there's no way that this guy can be that that for on fire for God. I see him every week and that's, I'm sure that's all he is. And then they see me on Wednesday and then they see me, uh, you know, they run into me at Walmart and I'm talking to somebody about God and, you know, and they're like, Whoa, wait a minute. That's just weird. You know, you're supposed to be downtrodden when you're not in the church and pumped up with everybody else while you're here. And that's not what we need to do. This is where I need to come to get the healing so that I can make it through the next few days so that I can meet somebody and talk to them about God so that I can, Listen to God and while he directs me to somebody. If you want to find out what kind of church you're in, read Revelations. It kind of tells you exactly what kind of church you're in. And then take that same information that is talking about the church and apply it to you personally. Fix it one person at a time. I'm a church. (laughs) There you go. No matter where I go, I am a church of the living Jesus Christ. And I am to represent him in everything that I do and everywhere I go. Amen.
Perfect, perfect place to take us out. What do you think? Jesus loves you, and so do I. Thank you for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.